my spidey senses tingling. Hello. He's standing on the edge of heartache. He is the Slim Warrior. Papercake Podcast, episode 86. Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast. We talk about industry news, the books we're reading, and we do a book club. We get together and we read the same book later in the show and we talk about it. Uh, Jim Zub on the internet. Mm, yeah. Did a little book. Yeah. Called Skull Kicker. And then we read your letters live to close out the show. But first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go around the room and talk to the hosts of the show. Uh, he's near death. He's on his deathbed. He's coming out of his flu-ridden bedroom to record this show. VP of Disease, uh, Dale underscore A. Thanks for being here with us. Uh, thanks. If I knew I could have gotten away with doing this outside under a tree to get away from the rest of the family, I definitely would have. <laughs> I've had it up to here, YouTubers. Uh... Families are tough to deal with, you know, under the same roof. Fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jonesy Loves Beer is another host of this show. He's a father now. He's uh, attempting to become a writer of fan fiction novels made on the internet. Telenovelas, and, if you will. And he's drinking a Diet Coke like a real man. Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. It is caffeine-free, so I am worried about my health. And uh, I just really love being here with you and the world. You know, um, if you're worried about your health, you'd probably just maybe not drink soda. <laughs> Period. Right? Levels. Levels. All right? <laughs> Levels. Uh, wearing what looks to be a Chicago Bulls championship t-shirt. Good eyes. Uh... Spoiler, he's black. From the mall in 1995, he got that shirt. <laughs> he is our most popular host by a mile. He's a published writer. He's a TV star. He's, did I mention he's black? Mark Farrington, thanks for being here. It's good to be back. What's going on, guys? Uh, just reminiscing about the Chicago Bulls championship uh, legacy. Really? My 72 and 10 t-shirt. Good times, good times. Uh, Steve Kerr, one of the all-time greatest players. Let's just face facts. Are you talking basketball right now? What are you you doing? I know a thing or two about a thing or two, Mark. Do you have the Tumblr up? Do you have the Tumblr up? (laughs) Tumblr is at papercake.com. I think we're giving away... Jonesy is shaving his head, and we're going to give away his hair for our 30,000th follower. Just look at the part in this bad boy right now and just pretend you don't want it. You I ha- don't see a part. I just see something in the front happening. Yeah. It's, it's horrific. A grimace. See, if you follow my receding hairline. <laughs> Can you flick uh, your head back and forth? Will your hair just 
wave and frolic in the wind. I my hair back and forth. <laughs> He's like Chris Isaac with his uh, arm on his <laughs> knee there. Oh, okay. I don't want to fall. Uh, okay, in that's enough. Oh, that's, har- that's horrifying. Uh, <laughs> we have a big show planned tonight. You know, you heard of this Jim Zub guy? Oh, you heard of him? He's been I in the news recently. Uh, he did a book called Skull Kickers with the Image Comics. It's kind of a hot ticket. We're going to talk about it later in the show. Later. But we yeah. we we go over the hot button news news in the beginning of the segment of the show, and let's go to VP of uh, flu shot Dale underscore A. What's happening in the world? VP of not getting it. I don't uh, trust the random Joe that works at the CVS to give it to me. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, gold foil covers. You guys remember those? Yeah, Are they well, back? Yeah. They're coming they back. Have. I still have my Gambit gold foil <clears throat> cover. The Age of Ultron is ushering in the Age of Gold Foil Part D. <laughs> and uh it's a good time to be in comics folks uh we're we're just we've hit the poly bag we've hit the uh die cut we're hitting the gold foil die come cut. spring uh it's happening again but mm. but maybe it's just a better time for comics so maybe it's just a better time for for covers do you think do you think they're doing it because they have a sense of humor or do you think they're doing it because they think it's going to sell books again Right, that's uh, the question. I don't know. They 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 really blew their variant wad with Marvel now, so they got to try something else. I mean, Not Scotty Young is. I think Scotty Young is in the hospital. Yeah, he's <laughs> drawing so many variant covers. He's his look. His arm looks like Jonesy's arm. <laughs> Poor Scotty Young, and his baby. He has like babies haunting his nightmares. What was yeah. the uh, Jonesy? What's your favorite all time gate foil or hologram cover? Uh, um. <laughs> All right, what about, uh, I seem to remember a Spider-Man issue that's uh, die-cut the uh, with the web in front. Todd McFarlane? Yeah, and then Daredevil's in the back, in the background with his uh, terrible uh, mid-90s armor outfit. You guys remember that? Mm. And uh, Spidey's got like a test tube in his hands. I think it's one of the ones where he was going through that mutation stage. Where he was coming, uh, becoming a man spider. Daredevil was like in the back for moral support, but uh, the cover was die cut. Was just the chest emblem tilted to the right, where you could see through it, and then you could lift that top cover, and that was the real cover was underneath. It was it was beautiful. Dale's blowing my mind. Hollow foil covers are back. Let me guess. Next summer they're going to kill Superman. That's please. right. No, I mean, but there might be means, a Marvel trading do. card in the spine of the book. Oh, oh yeah. Lord. Yeah. The, uh, Mark, did you hear the other? Oh, I'm probably, I hope this isn't one of Dale's news items, but speaking of gate foil, uh, DC is doing wraparound covers what? in a few months. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel bad making fun of Marvel now that you're, your team, you're a DC historian, that your team is doing folded covers? I will make fun of DC for them doing 51 variant covers of Justice League of America when it comes out next month. That in and of itself is ridiculous. Wraparounds are kind of cool. I'm okay with that. Mm. I seem to be alone on that. No, I love mm. the um, Hush wraparound variants. Oh, those were nice. Yeah, with all villains and all heroes. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. But don't, don't you have a frame Jim Lee in your uh, in your basement, Dale? 
Yeah, I do. I have three, but none oh, of them Lord. are the wraparound jobbers. That's the uh, <clears throat> that's the one I really wanted. Is the heroes all the heroes? I just want a sound club of you saying jobbers. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's be real. As ridiculous as it is, it'll sell. Why else do it if they didn't think they could make money off of it? Mm-hmm. That's true. That's business one hundred and one from Mark Farrington. He's a business uh, student of the world. That's right. Word. What else is happening in the world, Dale? Well, uh, the the Glad Awards are coming up. <sighs> Finally, you know the uh, the uh, the they represent the gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender community, and they celebrate all things that celebrate uh, things that are glad. Oh my God! And there's a, a special comic book uh, uh, nomination category, and a few of our favorites have made the cut. Obviously, the Astonishing X-Men marriage, air quotes. Of the, no, I'm just kidding. The, uh, that was like, it seems longer than a year ago, but I guess. It feels like it was three years ago. Yeah, but. It feels like forever ago. I guess it was, you know, right after last year's glad season. They hit the, uh, under the, you know, the mm-hmm. wire there. For your consideration, uh, Astonishing X-Men 25 or whatever. Batwoman is uh, in the category. Really? Buffy, naturally. That was a big uh, lesby. That was big in the lesbies, I think. Buffy, Buffy is a lesbian? <laughs> I don't think Buffy is, but I think she's got lesby f- lesbian friends. Okay. Willow's a lesbian, right? Is she? What, the movie lesbian? Willow? In the With Buffyverse. Oh. I don't know. Uh, I thought she was. Buffy. Earth 2. Oh, yeah. Alice and, that one uh, felt a little forced. And the big hit uh, nowadays, Kevin Keller, hmm. which is the big Archie property who uh, has a gay man parading around like in some sort of glee club, I imagine. I well, that was a little un- inappropriate. <laughs> if I can uh, I interject here for my, our gay friends. My wife was just watching Glee upstairs. That's why I, I just... Okay. That makes yeah. it okay sure. for you to yeah, make okay. uh, flaming insults right now to just our audience. I'm saying, what do you Matt want? Matt is the only one who can get away with hateful comments on this show. That's not true. That is just not true at all. It says the man who got away with <clears throat> saying, let's put them all in ovens. Now you're just making stuff up. Okay. Now I say the word slave in a different context and the internet hates me again. <laughs> That's the time uh, to move on, Snarl. We we know that noise. Uh, Radio Free Echo Riff, Don Garvey is a dear friend, and that awful wheeze laugh means we're running out of time. We gotta move on to the comic talk. Uh you know, we read a lot of books during the week. It's what we do. We have no lives. We're homeless and jobless. We read comics. No money, no uh, bills. What's in the library of Mark Farrington right now? Batman 16, Death of the Family. Anybody reading this story arc? I am. Good. I've got somebody to talk about it with, and I'm apologizing to Jonesy in advance if I spoil it. That's okay. Spoilers. The Joker in his ultimate battle with Batman. Batman goes running to Arkham for the final confrontation, hell-bent on stopping him and rescuing his surrogate father figure Alfred Pennyworth and the mayhem and the heck that the Joker has raised in Arkham is ridiculous he's got guards and prisoners captured in their cells being forced to dance in in front of Batman's torture while they're bleeding and crying he's got horses on fire he's got what yeah this was sick demented and twisted 
basically the Joker made Arkham a uh, macabre. Am I pronouncing that word right? Macabre, I believe. Thank you. Macabre. He made it really freaking evil and dirty and twisted. And the Batman is going through Arkham trying to psych himself out, telling himself, do not snap. The Joker's just a man. Don't let him get inside your head. You can stop him. He finally makes his way into the heart of Arkham. He gets to the Joker, confronts him, thinks that he's beaten his death trap, only to find that the Joker has somehow managed to capture and incapacitate the members of his family. Spoilers. Nightwing, Robin, Red Robin, everybody. And the rest. And he is told if Batman doesn't surrender, he will kill them. Mm. Now, the only reason that makes this different from any other confrontation Batman and Joker have ever had is, spoilers, the Joker may know that Batman is Bruce Wayne. What? He might know. Get out of here. What do you mean he might know, Mark? The story has been very, very careful to make you think, so much so to the Joker flat out tells him that I know who you are. And he attacks them all in their Spoilers. civilian guises. Spoilers. But he never outright refers to Batman as Bruce Wayne. And Batman throughout the whole story arc is going around telling his family he doesn't know he's messing with us. But everything the Joker does is pointing to that fact. There's even a flashback issue last month that makes you think the Joker at one point has been inside the Batcave. Now, hang on one second. Bruce Wayne in the New 52 still has Batman Inc. Like, the world knows that Bruce Wayne financially supports Batman. Correct. Correct. So it could just be Joker chasing down the Wayne family in order to draw Batman out, not knowing that Bruce and he are one and the same. You know what? Do we have a round of applause sounder? Because that was actually a theory that Batman threw out saying the only reason he kidnapped Alfred is because of my connection to Batman Inc. And then he's got Nightwing and the rest of his family going. He's been in the cave. He knows who we are. He's attacking us in our civilian guises. He's going after our enemies, not as Nightwing, but as Dick Grayson. He wouldn't do this unless he knew who we are. On top of that, the issue ends... Um, with Batman willingly sitting in an electric chair and then getting electrocuted to the point where he's drooling and bleeding out of Jesus, his Jesus, spoilers. Hello. You just said spoiler 50 <laughs> damn times <laughs> two minutes ago, Chief. Hello. So then the back, Don't the, chief me, boss. The backup story is what's making everyone wee-wee in their pants is that Joker has something under this bowl like he's like it's like a platter. I don't know what the hell you call those things where you get a plate and then like a top. You're like a you know but you know you're about Silver to show a platter what a cover yeah on whatever it. yeah. So he's he's got something that's gonna rock everyone's faces off under this little platter. Jim Gordon said no, nobody knows what it is. And then I read uh, Batman and Robin this week, which is another probably one of the darkest, grimmest comics I've ever read in my life. No children should ever read it. My word, um, but. In that issue, he kidnaps uh, Damien and does something with him, and then he's 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 got this platter. So I don't know what the heck is going to be under this platter. Someone's face, or I don't know what. And meanwhile, we still haven't seen Alfred. We don't know what the Joker's done with him. It's probably his testes under the platter. Alfred's Could be. testes, yeah. I guess. I mean, it's part for the course for the storyline. At this point, it's the only logical conclusion is that the Joker has ripped out Alfred's testicles. 
That's things. I mean, if you look back and do the math, if Jonesy can draw these conclusions, I mean, Jonesy's working on numbers. Uh, I'm going to jump in right now. It's my turn to talk. And I don't want to talk about a actual comic. Breaking news. I want to talk about the letters page of a comic book. Get out of here. Which is almost or just oh, as wow. slash more entertaining than the actual book, which is Saga. You ever heard of this book, Saga? Yeah, I've you heard, heard of that. A little bit, a mm-hmm. little bit. It's, you know, lighting up the internet and the retail shops. Yeah. Show sponsor, comic book shop in Delaware. Check them out. People love that book. I love that I book. I look forward to the letters page of this book more than the actual comic. The writer, Brian K. Vaughn, dedicates like six to eight full pages of letters that he answers, and it's just so enjoyable. His interaction with readers, uh, occasionally, I think last month he gave Fiona Staples... Uh, like a page to talk about her coloring process and her thumbnail process. It's uh, it's amazing. I love it. I'm not sure if I'm as interested uh, in other creators if they did the same thing, but it's just uh, it's great for Saga. Yeah, I, I don't. I haven't read this months, but I completely agree what he's doing with the uh, the back fat in that book. It's just so creative, and it just gives the readers that much more enjoyment out of the book. I mean, the book's amazing to begin with, but <clears throat> um, you guys remember when he published the thanks to me for me sending them one of those field notes notebooks I sent the creative team? Assignment? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, me neither. Did he not do that? No, he didn't. BKV. Uh, BKV. Uh, <laughs> you're listening, which I know you are. Field notes. You Dale underscore A apology. It w- this wasn't some uh, 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 cheapy memo <sighs> pad. It was field notes. Does BKV he not realize a... that you're published in... In Remind Volume One or Remind Volume Two, your name is yeah. in the book. Yeah. Fact, fact. And, and what the only the last living boy on Earth issue one, I'm in there. You're in, you're in that. Look at my hand on this thing. It's a good. My, I'm so well manicured. It's not even funny. I mean, just look at it. I love uh, it. The Saga Letters. That's my book, and we'll all feel sorry for Dale another time. But we need to. Mark, you have something to say? I'm debating if it's a rebuttal or if it's a now comment. Mm-hmm. I'll throw it out here now. Uh-huh. Not to be contrarian, but what makes this letter column different from any other letter column? Uh, empathy. Really? Empathy, Mark, my favorite uh, of words in this moment right now. He, you know, you get a feel that Brian K. Vaughn, you know, he hates the Internet. He doesn't do jack ass on the Internet. He's like writing on a typewriter these letters probably. So he takes the time to read them, and it's just a regular dude. You know, he cares about the Saga fans, and uh, you don't, you know, you get some of that in, like, Marvel books. Like, Jason Aaron will occasionally answer letters, but it's just different, I think. You get a different fan interaction, and you get a different creator, you know? Cool, cool. I love it. Thank you. I love you. Uh, Mark Farrington, I want to talk to your dear friend right now sitting next to you. Uh, and his quaff of hair, which is astounding. Jonesy loves beer. What are you reading right now? I want to talk about, first, my fascination with image number ones. And second... Invincible. Todd, (laughs) the ugliest kid in the world. I knew he was going to talk about it as soon as he started mentioning images. (laughs) I better look what, for another book Is that book my to new thing, about. Image Number Ones? I can't talk about that anymore. Is that banned? I thought you were going to talk about Inv- Invincible Number One. I thought you were going to swerve us and then <laughs> talk about that issue. 
That's one of the books that was banned from me, Slim. I, I remember it well. So this book, Todd, The Ugliest Kid in the World, is a Dexter-like story of a, a cast of um, offbeat characters. The star being Todd, who is a, I would say, a 9- to 10-year-old boy with a bag over his head because he's just so ugly his mother won't let him leave the house without a bag over his head. Hmm. And his first adventure involves a new neighbor uh, who was playing with dolls on Chinese the girl. So, uh, yeah, Korean, Chinese, they're not sure. So he walks over to try to uh, welcome her to the neighborhood. And uh, Todd is just one of those characters where the only luck he has is bad luck. So the instant he starts to try to make friends with her, the neighborhood bullies come out kick him around and then um the bully plants the dolls in his pocket so he thinks they're stolen he gets in trouble with his mother he gets lectured by his father you know the next day in school um come to find that the little girl has gone missing and the dolls have turned up so that night todd is outside because he you know nobody loves him at home and a serial killer just happens to be walking in the alley where he lives. Uh, the serial killer is out to kill only beautiful children. So when he sees how ugly Todd is, he spares his life, <laughs> takes pity on him, and gives him the two dolls that are gone missing. Uh, again, flashback forward to the next day in school, to where Todd is being nice to yet another person who hates him for being so ugly. <laughs> gives the dolls to her out of kindness. And then, spoilers, the cops got knocking on his door when it finds out that he oh does, God. he's got evidence uh, from a serial killer. It's just a, a great story about a character, who, a character who will never get ahead, and the whole world seems against him, but he's just this nice kid that like loves everybody who just happens to be terribly ugly. <laughs> it sounds like Image's version of Charlie Brown. It's it's dark. I'm not gonna lie. I, this it's was very very. It's very macabre. Yeah. This is Mar- actually Mar- this is actually going to be the book I wanted to talk about too. So I'll just uh, oh, chime in. Damn, uh, I'm so sorry. No, that's all right. Another one in the bag. Um, but it's like yeah, it's it's black comedy. It's bad. There's language in it. There's references to. Uh, man and boy parts and it's like talked about in like in school and sometimes in front of the kids it's really like it's like matilda times a hundred like you you remember how bad matilda may have been treated if you've ever seen that movie that nickelodeon movie um but his parents are like white trash and their house and yard is destroyed and everybody hates him for no reason he's like and he's like cowboy too i mean he's such an innocent little kid and you know he's the most beautiful kid on the planet he's so innocent but the streak of luck i mean he's hitting some bad luck already this is bad bad luck i'm excited to see where this book goes my favorite uh panel of the book is the serial killer comes over takes out his huge axe and has it above todd's head and todd just goes hi then yeah, the axe yeah. like comes down next to him. He's like, "Nice axe!" Like it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's hilarious. Spoilers. Okay, says the Batman gets electrocuted <laughs> by the Joker. Uh, way to ruin the book for everybody, Jones. Oh, I just ruined the book. Okay, 
uh, Dale underscore A, what is your plan B book since Jonesy... Scrambling. Uh, he, he made a fool out of you just now. Yeah, the... Uh, you go into the archives? <laughs> I, well, I actually read this today, too, but it was from the archives. Uh, Cable and X-Force number one. Hmm. Uh, read this book because there wasn't much to read. I hadn't gone to the comic shop yet this week. I'm sick. Cable and X-Force number one picks up in the Marvel Now, the Now-niverse. Mm, as it's called. Yeah, as it's want to. And uh, Cable has woken up from his uh, coma. I didn't see where that happened, but you know, at the end of X-Sanction, he was put down into a coma. And he's back. And he's... Uh, the f- very first couple pages, he and his new X-Force team, consisting of Domino, Forge, uh, Doctor... Doctor Nemesis. Doctor Nemesis, yeah. I was going to say Doctor Strange One Man. One of the lamest characters ever. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, they're busting out of this maximum security type dealy, and they're wiping out people, and they're confronted by Havoc and the Uncanny Avengers, and uh, Havoc is just like, Nate, are these people, did you just kill these people? Like, PR, we don't need this on our hands right now. And and there's no explanation as to what Cable and his team is doing. He basically lays a, a, a huge flashbang out and kind of blinds the Uncanny Avengers so they can escape. Um, flashback to Hope trying to kind of make it as a normal teenager. She's going to school now. She's got foster parents. And what she really wants to do is find her dad. She uh, I, she heard her dad is awake, but that's the only news she's had so far. Cable has made contact with Forge in an old airplane graveyard in Nebraska. Forge is working on a new arm for Cable because of the uh, he's rid of the he's either rid of the techno organic virus. Can you confirm, Slim? Uh, I think he is rid of the techno organic virus. That is that, confirmed. He is rid of it. And that was the uh, that was what his other old arm was based on. So his uh, he's got an arm under there, but it's so atrophied and like little. It's like a little tiny sideshow arm. arm. It's a Jonesy arm, yeah. Uh, so full strength, Forge, by the way. Full strength, full, by the yay, way. Yay, full strength arm. Peak physical condition. <laughs> his doctor uh, says clean bill of health. Forge is working on a new arm. Uh, hope. Uh, breaks into this place where Domino was hired to break into and kind of blackmails Domino into telling her where Cable is. It uh, it wasn't a bad first issue. I'm not so sure that uh, I will go out of my way to read the other issues, but I can say I was pleasantly okay surprised. Dr. Dr. Nemesis is lame, and I... Dr. Lamesis. I guess he's going to be on that team. Lamesis. And... uh, (laughs) But it was an okay issue. I mean, does there need to be two X Force books with consisting of different people? The un- was yeah. the other one, Uncanny X Force, right? That's going to be yeah, by Sam Humphreys. Yeah, and that's going to be Mohawk Storm and some other f- folks on there, right? Oh, we yeah, we should talk about the Brian Wood female X Force X Men oh, title later, maybe yeah. after the show. Let's get. We'll into hang that. around and talk about it, like cool people. Uh, we're running out of time. We need to move to. The Michael Jordan of comics podcasts. Um, not Jonesy Loves Beer. I'm talking about Mark Farrington. Two minutes, two sentences or less of another book you read. What is it? 
Justice League Beyond, number 17, bridges the gap flawlessly <clears throat> Excuse me, between Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond, shows the most accurate depiction of a teenager with shrinking powers. Look at Gen Z right now. Just look at him. <laughs> so annoyed at everything. <laughs> uh, oh, it's my turn. Uh, Daredevil. Uh, this week's issue. 21? 22. 22. 22. Don't bother, Jonesy. I'll get it. 22. 22. <laughs> this run by Mark Wade will go down in history, along with Chris Somney. As one of the greatest runs in not only Daredevil history, but Marvel Comics history. Lightning agree. (laughs) (laughs) The Crow. Skinning of the Wolves. Issue number one. If you're a fan of the original Franco Barr, The Crow... And the movies, you will be excited and want to consume this property. As a new reader to the franchise, you may be confused by the first issue. Wolverine and the X-Men, number 23. While the most unrelated to X-Men-y type shenanigans Aaron still can show you what he can do with such a fun (laughs) storyline uh immediate rebuttal I'm so glad that that circus story is over I'm sorry I couldn't wait any longer Skull Kickers by Jim (coughs) Zub the book that I am almost certain Jonesy has pleasured himself to on several occasions but you know for those that aren't aware of that what's this book about jonesy tell us please oh i'm so happy right now (laughs) skull kickers volume one is the zany fanciful tabletop inspired adventures of a human mercenary and a dwarf as they bumble, stumble, and kill and kick skulls through a, a crazy adventure where they burn down towns and get into trouble and drink beer. And uh, it, I can't, the first volume is one of those few perfect executions of a volume one I talk about. Uh, the story premise is that uh, the two main characters, who are only referred to as Baldy and Shorty, um, get hired to track down the killer of a local magistrate, uh, Quotey Fingers. And uh, their five-issue romp to find... (laughs) All right, that's enough. (laughs) To find the killers. uh, They just cut a path of destruction... And criminal activity, and uh, out and out fun, and I, I can't. I don't know how to. Get, I'm, I'm just beaming. I'm bursting with joy. I can't give a good synopsis. Slim, you tell me what this book is about. <laughs> I can't. 
Jonesy food? Uh, this, uh, you know, I'm not from the tabletop uh, background. Spoiler alert. It's just not me. It's not who I am. I'm not into those role-playing games, they call them. Life the alert. RPGs. Um, it's not for me. With that said, you know, this is a fun little book. You know, it doesn't beat around the bush at what kind of book it is. It's called Skull Kickers, for God's sake, right? Mm-hmm. So you know you're, what you're getting into. You're going to get into, you know, a fun... It's It reminds me of Atomic Robo. Like, there's no... You know, you're not going to, you know, weep while reading Atomic Robo at, at some long emotional journey. You're 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 going in for an entertaining read and uh that's pretty much what you're going to get. Skull Kickers is an entertaining book. It's a and people that, you know, there's these little, little sidebars like the sound effects for things that happen in the book are written out in words like um Chelsea, like what were some of the what were some of the examples where like I think they pull out the guns and there's like text next to the guns, like these guys are about to die. Or my favorite is um, the body language translators that uh, oh, Jim yeah. Zub drops in. <laughs> For instance, like uh, the dwarf will like screw his eyes up on the panel, and it'll translate as "I'm ready to kill these guys," and he's like, "Hold <laughs> up!" And then like the next one is "Please, please, 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 please." It's uh, the little touches that they put in here for the comedic value sometimes do more for the book than the dialogue. Like, uh, there's one point where they're chasing the assassin and they ended up pretty much demolishing an entire town to do it. And as they're walking away, uh, thinking that they've got it and they've won, like the whales of the townspeople are, we can never rebuild. My daughters are dead. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're just like, there's like, my this, legs uh, on fire where, again. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, uh, just a, like, a panel where they're just like whistling to each other as they drag this corpse past the crowd of crying people. It's Mark sad. Farrington, I was worried for Mark Farrington. Mark is is a well known DC historian. He worships at the altar of Mark Wade, uh, the Flash, Green Lantern, former lover of Jeff Johns. What did you think of Skull Kickers? This is outside your wheelhouse, Mark. Like you, Slim, I'm not a tabletop gamer either. Um Read the book and, well, no, sir. I didn't like it. I am not shocked. I am not shocked at all right now. I had a feeling feeling you weren't going to like it. I didn't like it, not from any sort of structural or story standpoint. There's nothing I can really hate on it. The art was beautiful. Um, The jokes, when they hit, which to me were fewer than more often, were good. The parts that I laughed at were the body translating, like you mentioned, Jonesy, and the there was a scene where the short guy was literally kicking his own A. That was kind of funny. But it was possessed by a demon. Thank you for clarifying. But, <laughs> but it was dumb. I hated it. It just felt like filler to me. I didn't... I'm not trying to be hateful. I just didn't get any enjoyment from it. Can't all be Tower of Babel, Mark. This book, to me, felt like it fit in between Scalped, Dracula, and Infinity Gauntlet. Wow. No, for real, for real. It, it wasn't bad. It's just not my style, so I couldn't. It was hard for me to get into. More like Dream Kickers. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love it. I can, No, but this book is, you know, it's not for everybody. It's for, I think it's, right. for, it's for a very specific group of people, 
and then people that are on that fringe. Yeah, like, I, think... I don't. See, I don't see <clears throat> new to comic readers enjoying this very much. That's just my gut. Well, I think that I don't think that's fair to say if the new if the new to comic readers were into fantasy or like D and D type properties, then they okay, would yeah, be. Yeah. But I think I think there's a definitely an understanding between us that Mark definitely wouldn't go for this book in his personal life. So you know, we knew what we were getting into on the show. But these are the uh, these are the punches we got to roll with when we're forced I really to read thought a, a book the quality book. of this book was so good it would have converted Mark. And I would be hearing some good news right now. He's a tough and audience. That's why I'm trying not to sit here and rip it apart because it's not a bad book. It's, it's okay. just so. This is our Hulk Gray. I just got to learn to accept it. Let me ask you. I mean, well, I think Dale might have explained it succinctly. Who would you hand this book to? Probably somebody who came from the Lord of the Rings, uh, Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering, possibly. Of course, you know, it's. It, the easy Hero connection, clicks. yeah. The easy connection is Dungeons God, and Dragons. I just yeah, keep, hell in the in the back matter of the. I'm pointing like anyone could see. I just I'm keep growing to. further and further downstairs. You know, just keep <laughs> rattling off these terms. <laughs> but uh, I had Dale got me the uh, hardcover for my 30th birthday, and even in the probably the, soiled that up. Oh yeah, <laughs> even in the back fat, there's uh, character sheets. For a fourth edition D and D and Pathfinder, I mean, those are the people that are going to come to this to read it. Oh yeah, it's actually but, torn. I have the hardcover, and uh, but I got to tell you, man, CMX HD is uh, a thing of beauty on this book. The colors, I'm not gonna lie, I like it. Absolutely, <laughs> I do like it. Absolutely, uh, the colors on this John are glorious on in CMX HD. I thought it was interesting at the end where. Uh, he talked about how the original story treatment that he made for it with a different artist, Chris Stevens, was in uh, the image anthology Pop Gun, and he included it. And it was a totally different artistic take uh, yeah. by Chris Stevens, which I really liked. I actually yeah. really liked his style than the trade artist. I think, Mark, you know his name. Do you remember the artist's name? I'm looking it up now, actually, because I was we'll wondering. Come back, we'll come back to you. The intern. We'll you. The intern is. We'll get the intern on it. Um, but I, I actually really liked that art, and I liked Chris Stevens' treatment of the characters. And I'm wondering if um, did Chris Stevens ever come back to the series to do art, or is I, he off? I think he stuff? did some. Uh, they have a backup, not a backup title, but in between their arcs, they have what's called Tavern Tales. And that's when other creators who, uh, you know, really love the property will come in and tell some short stories with the characters, different mm -hmm. art. And, it's like Tales uh, of the Fear Agent. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Fear Agent mentioned drink. Um, the the whole sequence where they uh, were had the, uh, the necromancer slung over their shoulders and his jaw is basically punched <laughs> in and he's trying to talk and speak to them and warn them of what the damage they've just done. But uh, again, with it through a translation method, like all he is doing is mumbling, and they're like, "I don't know what he's babbling about." But the <laughs> subtitles are just like, "You, we're all doomed now. You just totally." When the, uh, <laughs> when the ruby flies out from under his cape, and he's like, "Pay no attention to that." <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The, the real text is like, "Pay no, 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 no." I just love the the lightheartedness to the book. I love that r right now, it's. Uh, I mean, the the big tall guy has a gun, 
but it's not really a subject yet. I know it becomes a subject or, you know, the whole, where whole stories center around it, but right now it's just in the book. It's not really questioned so much. He just has it, he uses it. And uh, some people make mention to wondering what it is, but it's not like people are like it's not like Ash when he first lands into the uh, the the medieval realm with his boomstick. Like they're not all s in their pants about it right away. Uh, the next issue after this volume has probably what I think is one of the funniest sequence ever written in comics, and that's uh, the big tall ball guy. Uh, and these are not just slang terms they don't mention the names in the books uh leaves the gun in his uh, in his room he's staying in so he doesn't get searched as he's moving through the city and the city guards got to ransack it and one of the guards guards doesn't know what it is and shoots himself <laughs> and so like the next scene is like the captain of the guard shoots himself by accident and so it, it keeps cutting back to this room as they're like go sting through the city and there's like a a battalion of guards standing outside and just like sending in new recruits with a pike to go pick this thing up to see what it is. And one after one, they keep shooting themselves in like a face or the leg. <laughs> and they're like, what, what is this? The, yeah, the wizard can't, you know, dispel it. Right. It's, uh, this book is hilarious. I... The one thing that I think kept me going through the book and helped me finish was I love their relationship. I did enjoy their quippy, back and forth banner with one another mm-hmm. that was yeah. to me the highlight the my favorite was the um when the dwarf uh gets high on the poisoned uh, stew those are some good pa- good double page spreads on that yeah scene. and he has essentially like a bad lsd trip and mm-hmm. you know he's usually this this um gruff you know i i picture like a scottish accent as he yeah. know, rummages through the world he's sick on the horse and then, like, they get over a hill, and he's just like, do you believe in prophecy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then and then he wake comes to, and, like, there's a pile of bodies around him. <laughs> just like, <laughs> he's like, get up. We've got to go. And uh, the other guy <laughs> took care of everybody. When, uh, when, he, when Jim Zub wrote that article about where the money goes for, uh, for making print comics, were you surprised that he pretty much just makes, like, zero dollars from this I, book? Or did I, you think he made money from it? No, I I think, well, he did release the pages free on his website, so there is kind of the understanding already that I think Skull Kickers is probably one a labor of love, and two it is probably him trying to shop around his talent. You know, one of those you know, give me a deal. This is the kind of quality I can bring. You know, if you're in a, if you're trying to make an animated series, or if you, you know, if you're trying to make some kind of you know tabletop stuff to go with your property i'm the guy to do it and it worked because he landed a paying gig doing pathfinder you know around issue 22 of skull kickers i believe it was so this book is like a living resume i i truly that's what i believe it is i think he's i think it might not have started off that way but you know through fan interaction he's got to fell in love with his own creation here and uh Skull Kickers is the perfect, oh, you don't think I can write fantasy? Well, read this and you'll be Mm -hmm. convinced. I really do believe it's like uh, Skull Kickers is in that sweet spot in the numbering issue-wise, and this reflects back to that article he wrote 
uh, skull kickers, there's a good chance like there is 99 cent sales on skull kickers and people might wait for that because it's like there's it's not so overwhelming where even if there is a 99 cent sale, people still people can't buy the entirety of the run. So if there's a 99 cent sale and there's like 26, 30 issues out, people might go whole hog and buy it all at once. Now, sales have got to go up dramatically during those sales, but I mean, at the same time, he's making a third less money on the book. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, I've, I don't think I'm surprised. I guess I'm surprised that he, you know, you find out he doesn't really make any money on the book because it's still going on. I mean, it's an impressive feat to have 30 issues of a book out. Mm-hmm. I think, and to keep doing it for no money, I mean, it's. I'm, I'm glad. I'm just glad that it's still around. Um, I'm definitely thinking about picking it up, uh, putting it on my pool list when um, Uncanny Skull Kickers launches any, next month. Any idea, sorry to cut you off, how mm-hmm. far they are now? What issue are they on? Uh, uh, I'll find out. Hang on. Yeah, it's, it's around it. 30 or something like that. I think 31 will be the different titling. Mm. So are they just renaming, are they stopping the main title and then renaming it Uncanny Skull Kickers? I think it's just a gag. You know, it'll just be Uncanny Skull Kickers for one issue and then go back to 32. Hmm. Hmm. Remains to, it's mm. all in the in mm-hmm. the loopholes and the solicits and they, it's not, it's what they don't tell I you. I think you even Brubaker, Brubaker even says that he doesn't make make any money up front on his creator on stuff and whatever the book makes he like just gives to Sean Phillips something weird yeah i've i've heard that before too that he makes sure his artists get paid first and then he'll make uh, you know he'll make money back on on the trades the, and stuff yeah the the collections zub's article really rang like i know it left an impression on me though where he basically said if you want to do the most for me if you see me at a convention buy buy product from me at a convention and that's kind of like sticking with me now like next time i go to a convention i see anybody that i'm interested in and their work i i I think i would buy directly from their tables now just because of that even if i think i could find it cheaper on the dealer floor somewhere you know i'll Mm -hmm. buy from those guys and get maybe get an autograph out of it too but yeah i I know all the money's going directly for them now i do the same thing with uh the stuff of legend uh, that's one of those properties I fell in love with when Comicsology first started out, and they had the free number ones. And uh, I love the book so much, I would seek those guys out at convention like Wizard World Philly and uh, NYCC. And every time I hit them at the table, they had a new volume uh, in their like awesome little digest size mm-hmm. uh, book. So I would and I would wait on purpose to see them again, buy a new volume. And have the writer and the artist sign it, and uh, that, I mean, but that's just one of those few properties I will do that for. Now, Comicsology only has issue eighteen of Skull Kickers available, but I I want to say that later issues are out there, but might only be released on Zub's homepage. What Dale? Does that sound right to you? Sounds fishy to me. Or mm. they might not be official issues yet. We're gonna have to go to the internet. Don Garvey's uh, already looking up, fact checking me somewhere. Um, speaking of NYCC, what what's everyone's uh, plan this upcoming year? You know, let's talk about it. I think if it doesn't coincide with my son's first birthday, I think uh, I'm a go. You just heard it here first. Quote: I'm a go <laughs> from Gen Z loves beer. Wow! For NYCC, we have it in video form now too. 
Righteous uh, audio. Don't forward this to my wife, please. <laughs> yeah. Mark, you going to be on vacation for New York Comic Con this year? <laughs> when is it? In September? Because there's an Outer Banks trip already in the books for oh September. My, word. my wife wants to go to Outer Banks, I think. October? It's, it's beautiful down there. Or Don't tell or my You better keep my wife apprised of those plants because I'm pretty sure she loves the Outer Banks. I friend. will not mention it to anonymity, but I can't promise that Carolyn won't. Hmm. You heard it here first, Outer Banks. I I OBX, look forward to uh, going to NYCC. I might not even I might even have to buy my pass if I don't get a press pass this year. You know, <sighs> if uh, if I can, I won't have a four month old to deal with. Who knows? Who Three knows? Months. You might have maybe your wife's pregnant already. She's again. You just don't even know it yet. Maybe. <laughs> maybe you're you're, you're gonna, gonna hang yourself in three seconds. Maybe that's reverse maybe. itself. Maybe they're going to Michael Hutchins this whole deal right now and just derail <laughs> the whole show. Uh, skull Kickers. We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. Uh, we got your letters. We want to read them on the air. Rather, Mark wants to attempt to read them on the air. And uh, we love hearing from you. We do. First letter up is from Dragonfro. He's saying, hey, fellas, finished episode 82 today. I'm a little behind with the iTunes freezing and crashing my computer when it tried to update. You guys truly humbled me with your kind words. Mayor blushing over here. First letter wasn't from me, though. Already knew who did the song. I'll be playing catch up this week, but I just wanted to send a quick thanks along. Much love. Hashtag Columbus. Columbus. <laughs> love the guy. Yeah, I think that email was from Chris, Chris underscore G. something. Yeah, Chris, Chris G. Chris I am? Chris G? Okay. Next one is from Panooch. Panooch. Hey, guys. I really love last week's episode, even though I've heard each of you, some more than others, discuss no cape titles on the show before. Seemed like y'all went a step further to discuss titles never before reviewed on the roundtable, and that made this segment really great. Additionally, the book club discussion of Mouse was fantastic. Never have I wanted to be reading a book covered on the keg as immediately as I did when I heard this review. Wow. I had some questions in mind, but I'll keep it short. Just one last thing. A Brian Wood book suggestion for one of you that for that themed episode would be Supermarket, art by Christian Donaldson, same person doing the massive with him now. It was re- recommended to me by the Tai Tai. Hashtag official show sponsor. Keep trolling. Panooch. Keep trolling. T- uh, Titus. Show sponsor of the comic book shop. Titus actually put that book in my hand once and I had to put it back and I couldn't remember what it was called. I thought it was called Grocery. I'm like looking in the uh, book rack. I'm like, Grocery? Grocery? Something did like you, that? Did you like take it from him? Uh, under the assumption you would buy it and then you're like I'm not buying this I'm going to put it back on the shelf and then one day like next last the week after that he saw that on the shelf out of order and he just like cried to himself <laughs> <laughs> no he actually he actually recommended it to me and and showed me put it in my hand and then I, I just couldn't get it at the time I was probably buying $80 Another in weekly covers. books you know <laughs> so I will say this they know their craft because I can't walk out of there without 10 books but here's the catch. Each book is phenomenal. It's not fair. You got to slid, you know, a stinker in there every once in a while so I can protect my mortgage. 
You can't right. give me a hit every time, or I'm just I'm done. I'm down for the count. They'll get Didn't you. Mrs. Tide, I say that they stay up and read every book just to know the products to recommend for their. I'm sure they are their customers. In it, Mark, they're committed. Business one hundred and one. Yeah, they keep asking for you to stop by, but um, I told them you weren't into that kind of thing. Stopping by, making public appearances. Yeah, you don't do oh. that. I'm a ghost. What can I say? Uh, do we get any other letters, Mark Farrington? We got one more letter from Tim, saying, "Hey, fellas, I'm happy you're back. Please don't let Jonesy read this aloud until he gets some vocal coaching. <laughs> Save it for Mark's velvety tones. Also, the name of his next album. Tim, side note, I love that name." I'm probably too late to suggest this, but what about Asterios Polyp by Dave Mazzuchelli of Batman Year One fame for your non-cape episode? It's a fantastic book and beautiful art. A bit different, but I think it's a very accessible story. P.S. Different podcast praise, but the flap episode about Dale's vasectomy was horrifying <laughs> and hilarious. Thank you, Dale. Well, thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. Thanks for writing I... in. Definitely. If Tim ever wants to guest host the show in Jonesy's place, he is just more than welcome after that great email. Absolutely. Uh, pointing out Jonesy's vocal issues. This is assuming letter. Tim knows how to redline a microphone. <laughs> right. <laughs> lay, uh, lay upside down on a couch while attempting to record a podcast. <laughs> With one functional arm. I did read Asterios uh, Polyp back in the day. Uh, very different. I w- I'm, I'd be very curious to hear what everyone thought of that book. <coughs> David Mazzucchelli, also known for uh, some good Daredevil stuff. We could put it on the old uh, Google Doc. Google Doc. Poor Jonesy. I can see one comment, and it's emotionally ravaged. He's finished. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> Look it's at a him. mess. It's no it's problem. Mess. Okay. Okay, babe. Right. Hey, Go ahead, troll me. It's all right. <laughs> I'm not the I'm not the one that's gonna rot in hell. That's just you know what it is. Yeah, he goes right there. He goes right for the throat <laughs> in his rebuttals. I mean, he literally just told us that we were going to hell because of one great man pointing out Jonesy's vocal deficiencies. It's okay, Tim. Honest just to be God. fair, direct message me your address, home address. <laughs> He's gonna you send only troll the, the UPS box after you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you only troll the ones you love. What? I'm just throwing it out there. What a show we just had. Uh, let me just say thanks to everyone for listening. We're hitting new records in uh, downloads. Fact. Appreciate that. Uh, you know, iTunes reviews help out. You know, they're helping us find new friends. And, uh, you know, I just want to say thanks to Mark. Thanks to Dale for being here on the show. No, no problem. As always, Slim. Always. We'll see everybody next week. Peace them out, y'all. Columbus. show good show. show flew by 
flu. Jonesy, you okay? Let's let's talk about it. I'm okay. I'm I'm coming out of it. I'm coming out of it. Yeah. Even though you didn't thank me for being on the show, I'm not gonna let that burden my soul. You gonna tell me I'm gonna go to hell? Right. No, just that Tim guy, not you. I mean, it was was not. It was just an an assault, a verbal assault from you. I never did any of that guy. Never did anything to that guy. So you countered by asking for his address in which you could send a suspect package. What if I wanted to send him a letter of friendship? You don't have that kind of time. I have plenty of time for that guy to change his mind about me. So, Slim, Mm. Mark Waite is on his way to writing one of the greatest Marvel titles ever. Did I hear you say that? I am very confident in that comment. I mean, mean, are you not? I mean, the, the Somni... Is the Mazzucchelli of our time? I'm just putting that out there right now. On that book, absolutely. His he should never draw anything else for the rest of his life. I'm sure he'd probably have something else to say about that. But this run is amazing. Are you are you up to date on Daredevil? Absolutely. I read number 22 while we were setting up. And what's crazy about Wade's run on Daredevil, which I think it's one of his strengths as a writer, he's not doing anything extremely innovative or creative. He's just telling a darn good story. Mm-hmm. He's got a happy Matt Murdock. He's using villains like the Spot and Stilt Man, and it's turning cast. Into one of the greatest issues in the run was issue number six or seven, the school bus crash. One Great story. Great story. You could say that uh, Mark Wade on this book. This book is the Chicago Bulls. Mark Wade is Michael Jordan, and Chris Omni is Scottie Pippen. Absolutely. And Mark, it, Mark is Phil Jackson. I'll co-sign on that. <laughs> co-sign. Uh, we didn't have any rebuttals, did we, this week? There was I a had a lightning agree on the, on Daredevil as well. <laughs> How does this agreement. run relate to or compare to your love for Bendis and Maliv? It's like apples and oranges because Maliv, Daredevil, is different and breathtaking. And each pain is a masterpiece. But Somni's art is just so fun, and he can draw the martial arts so well, and he gets all the mechanics right. I can't, it's like trying to pick between two of my children. I can't, I can't do it. But Bendis versus Wade writing Daredevil. Oh, gosh. Now, gosh why would, word. now, writing? I think, I think Bendy. <sighs> I think Bendy Frank. tells Bendy, 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 you're all dead. Uh, Bendis gets Daredevil's voice better, but what? as far as a cognizant forward momentum, Mark Wade is a genius. I love Mark Wade's voice on Matt Murdock. Like when you read this issue, have you read it yet? I'm not saying his voice is bad. I'm just saying Bendy was a little better at it. Have you read this month? You don't issue? have to sell me. I did read I'm, it. Maybe, I'm not trying to sell you. Maybe Mark Wade might need some vocal coaching. <laughs> uh, the uh, you know what else was good that I read, um, which I was surprised that I liked it because I didn't like the issue before that was Avenging Spider-Man. Did you tell me, Dale? I dropped it. No, I, I dropped read it a while ago. Try issue sixteen. It was, it's not bad. It was good, yeah. huh? This was the one where he meets the X-Men. There was some specific. Oh, cool. Uh, auto moments that were cool. Uh, I have, I have to, I still have to read any auto-related Spider-Man except the first from the first week. 
I still haven't read Superior number one. Oh my god! Every time well, it's like ooh. it's like a curse. Every time I go to read that book, my son wakes up. My wife needs something. It's I I'm just ready to fling my iPad across the room and <laughs> just <clears throat> end it like, all. I wanted to read it today, but I had to read comics for the show, like the few comics that I had because I hadn't that gone I to the story that yet. I didn't steal from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually bought that off of Comicsology too, knowing <laughs> knowing full well I'm going to buy it again in print because I wanted to talk about it on the show, but. How great is being <clears throat> sick and being with uh, your wife and and children in the house all the time? It's fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? I, it's like I want to, I I just want to keep biting my fingers until I hit bone, like some <laughs> mental uh, patient. Mo doing the old "Why don't you go ahead and lay down and rest?" But before you do that, can you take out the trash? Can you? <laughs> Can you change the diaper genie? Can you well, that, mop the floor? Well, that was yesterday. Today there wasn't even any like. There wasn't any sympathy. Like I still was sick. It was just like, it was just like a Saturday for us. There's no just winning out of my mind. There's no winning scenario. I mean, no. you could literally accidentally kick over a tissue box, and it would be World War Three, and that's <laughs> yeah. like the nail in the coffin where we're like, yeah. I don't even want a beer, and then you just storm into the other room. Yeah, there's just there's God absolutely knows. no reason for it. I just I I would have rather gone to work and slept under my desk. <laughs> like with a with a blanket and my, under the dust and the dirt, it was completely awful. My son's a maniac, and my other son is another maniac. But he he luckily he wasn't. My mom took one of them today, so it was, that was you guys are uh, not painting a, a good picture of marriage. You know that <laughs> it's all it's the best thing you'll ever do, man. I know. I'm gonna have to tell myself one day I wanted this. What about uh, the Brian Wood about news about uh, the female X Men team? Let's talk about it right now. Mark, your thoughts. I am open to it. I'm curious about the story and the lineup. I'm not going to hate on him for the sake of hating on it, but I can't believe all the beef he was getting just because he has an all-female lineup. Mm -hmm. Comic fans are creeps, especially ones that post online. What do you expect? I don't know why anybody is surprised, really. It's the courage. I wonder what uh, DC Women Kicking A has to say about that. Hmm. Yeah, Probably wonder. has some some terrorist manifesto about her on her <laughs> website right now. <laughs> she wants Brian Wood to wear a wig when he writes the scripts <laughs> and put yeah. lipstick on. <laughs> I can't, I can't. All the X books, man. It's just like move, step aside, because all these X books are just every super... one of them. Like the ones that came out this week were all great. I can't remember what came uh. out this week, but I just remember. Plowing through the My Comics part of the app, and I was just like, another Marvel, another Marvel, another Marvel, another Marvel. Yeah, baby. It's like the opposite of the DC 52 for me. Yeah, me too. Exactly. Especially X. I mean, the X books now are just like, it, it, just the X Men books are just like clearly winning the the year right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, Brian Wood, that that announcement was just cream. Cream on the coffee, you know? I mean, all new X-Men I got here, Avenging Spider-Man, Captain America, Daredevil, uh, New Avengers. S- oh, Savage Wolverine. I didn't talk about it. Damn it. What'd uh, you think about that? Let's do a, let's do a little roundtable right here. I had low expectations because I wasn't wowed by Cho's preview art or his covers, but I greatly enjoyed it. I thought the colors in the savage land were phenomenal 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 even. and sh- what is her name shauna shanna mm-hmm. oh my god to quote dale 
Mm. I mean, that I got was, the panel. That was some fine looking. This is woman this is art. the page that I closed the the comic in right here. Ooh. Thank God! Wow! Right there. She's, Look at that knife. That's what she's I'm got. Thinking. Another. <laughs> <laughs> she's got you another let, set of lips to gloss, another set of cheeks to powder. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> How long is Frank Cho stand on this book? Do we know? I don't know why they didn't call this a limited series because I can't imagine that the entire series is going to take place in the Savage Land and Frank Cho will also write and draw it. I mean, it's it feels like it's going to be it. Avenging Spider-Man. But, mm. I mean, I don't know. I, I hope he stays on it for a while because I, I do enjoy it. So next month or next week's book, book any club. ideas? Do you have the Google Doc open? I do not. I'm pulling up that Savage Wolverine panel map. Just showed. <laughs> Screenshotting <laughs> it for later. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Something to go to bed to. Putting it in the bank, huh? Uh, Call your girlfriend. You won't be able to stay over tonight. What was the Twitter suggestion that we got from? Was it Ian Brigo? Was it? Did he suggest an all female episode or an all female character? He did. That'd be a quick way to get ratings back up. Do Buffy keg all over again? Get. Uh, we could get. Uh, what should we call it? Beth Corto. What's she up to these days? She's probably doing nothing. Get her on the show. She's a. Uh, she's. She's uh, teaching school at Save the Last Dance. <laughs> we'll never get her. We'll never get I hit those metal detectors. She still listens by downloading the MP3 to Windows laptop to a, to a CD. Burning the to, CD. Remember, she asked me to burn her a CD of the podcast, and my I almost pooped in my pants when she made that request. <laughs> and then she puts it in her yellow hardcover Discman with the forty-second mm-hmm. skip protect. Oh, uh, yeah. What's on what's on the Google Doc, Mark? Can you can you make it out? Is he's there, not he's out? not on the Google Doc. I'm he's on gone. Facebook. I'm already Tell me on he's on Facebook Savage right Wolverine. Now. He's like Facebook. he's like triple tapping on Savage Wolverine to get like stream close ups. Mm-hmm. Besides, I'll have you know the Facebook page gets deleted on Friday. What Facebook page? Who's Your Facebook, Facebook page? page? Yep. Let's hear the explanation. That should have been in the news oh, segment. Please. Wow. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. You're getting stalked. Social media just gets on my damn nerves. Get out of here. Well, let's hear the top five reasons why you're closing your Facebook page. I will give you five words. Don't care about most of it. Yeah, that's too many. That's seven. <laughs> Another one in the wind column for the top for the name five. It was six. <laughs> six. Six. Why don't you just so... mute? Why don't you just mute? Not. I don't want to talk you out of it. So I don't even know if I want to say anything. Looking for Google Doc. Uh, this will be another ten minutes before anyone yeah, we loads up a Google Doc. I mean, I got it open now, but thank I mean, Christ, add a boy, Dale. <laughs> Can we just slice this part out? This whole this whole we'll... fireside will be excised from the show. Thank <laughs> Christ! <laughs> it what stinks. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. We what do we want? Some uh, superheroes? When's the last time we did a superhero book? Kingdom Come. I have a recommendation for a superhero book I'm going to start pimping. Darkwing Duck, Volume 1. Mm-hmm. It was... You know, yes, you put that right on the Google Doc there. Type Mark it with actually, your fingers. Mark Type it actually, with your fingers. He edited the Google Doc? You tell no. me what's... No, I'm telling him, I'm telling him to He's edit. Telling I want to see him edit, edit the, the actual Google Doc. Well, no, he what deletes, he did was, as soon as he heard that you were on the Google Doc, he closed his iPad. <laughs> Absolutely, the mission was accomplished. It has Just been think, opened. Oh, you guys were on that, huh? Oh, okay. Think of all the free time Mark's going to have when he deletes his Facebook page and can edit uh, Google Docs. It's going to be great. 
There wow. is no be... such thing as free time. This list is going to be doubled. What are you going to do when you, when you get married and have kids? You know what? I was having this conversation yesterday. I'm not a big believer in posting pictures of my kids on the internet. For real, for real. Was that an attack? No. Just... He, yeah, Jonesy's on, on guard from that letter right now. Everything is could be an attack. <laughs> Poor Tim. Just He's going he's gonna to like karate chop his wife in the throat when he goes to bed because he thinks he's, she's going to attack him. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> going to clip that out. <laughs> the defeated Jonesy. <laughs> Best fireside ever. All right, is there anything good in the Google Doc, Dale? God, I don't know. I just right, don't just, know. Just, uh, let's just cancel the whole thing. This is a terrible. <laughs> this is literally the worst fire I've ever had. Last episode, 84. We won't be back. <sighs> Jonesy. I, can't, I mean, just, can't. Name, just name one book that's a possibility for me right now. I need anything. Ant-Man Season 1. Oh, no. Forget it. Forget it. I'm hitting stop. Vetoed. Hitting stop on this thing. Give me a second one. Give me a second one. What's the damn point? I put all these books on here. Nobody wants to read my books, so there's no damn point. I will read every GD book you put in there, Dale Andrews. Who's with Skull Kickers? Was that your pick, Jonesy? Yeah, you fucking hated it. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! That's clipped out of the recording. It won't make it won't make air. We had it. We had to know. Once he was on edge, emotional edge, the f bombs are gonna come <laughs> flying out like a yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> river it was teetering. You it said stop teetering. the recording. I didn't know yeah, you meant sorry. The yeah, first red flag was the you're going to hell. Oh, man. Her? Did I hear? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. Give me a second second one from it's the Google 84. Box. What okay, a perfect number to end it. it on. Let's. <laughs> no. New Avengers Breakout. One more. Ms. Marvel. New Frontier. I feel like we did New Frontier already. Joe the Barbarian. Batman Year One. We got to get some X. I want to do. Let's do an X book. I don't okay. have any on here, though. Dark Phoenix Saga. All right. Let's what do it. What do you it. think? Is it, it's not like 12 books, is it? No, it's actually pretty short, I think. Let me see what the app. I think it's a collection of the app. Let me see. Uh, Dark Phoenix Saga is... Oof. All right. Hold on. Dale, just just hold on. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm holding steady. I'm holding uh, steady. 182 pages. That's normal. That's it's like nine, six issues. Technically, it's nine comics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do a Dark Phoenix Saga Could be the biggest show of all time Right now In history Start reading now Episode reading Episode 85 Live Dark Phoenix Saga We're still recording aren't we? I know we are <laughs>